Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. again there friends in podcast land and welcome to episode 158 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pounder. I'm bringing you this from BC Place after an eventful Whitecaps Dynamo game, 1-1 draw. Lots of action, lots of stuff to talk about. Not all positive. No, uh, there were some rough moments in there for the Whitecaps, especially playing against the worst road team in MLS, giving up their... Basically, them getting their first point of the season away from home. And the the second worst team in all of MLS points-wise, who yeah. just lost to the worst team in MLS overall points-wise last week, yeah. coming into the game, having, I was going to say sacked, but it's a parting of the ways, it's a, a mutual agreement. Owen Coyle wanted to spend more time with his family, and as uh, Soccer by Eves tweeted out, Houston wanted to spend more time closer to their playoff rivals. <laughs> that makes sense. But it's one of those things. I've seen it so often in football that a team sacks their manager and then the very next game they just get some kick up the ass, some impetus from nowhere and they play out their skin and and they they get the win. It's the same thing when you hire a new coach as well at the beginning of the season. That first year you'll get a bump up and then it's the second year you'll see where that leads you. Obviously with Houston it's going to be the second game that that they'll actually see where they are. Yeah, and for the first 20-25 20-25 minutes like Houston really took the game to Van, Vancouver from kickoff. Vancouver had a couple of chances but the Houston Morales were, chances were solid in the first yeah, that, that beautiful was little turn yeah. in the box and a shot and the, the first of many fine saves from Tyler Derrick over the afternoon Yeah, but, but Houston had made the early running and they took the lead in the 20th minute to Marcus Beasley and it was more it was individual mistakes yeah, you want another to individual mistake more poor defensive play yeah by a, a Whitecaps team that heading into this game had the worst defensive record of MLS, which is a complete flip around from the team that had the best defensive record in MLS last season. The Beatty Shore effect. Yeah, it's like the, the, <laughs> that, that's the thing. A lot of folk are saying, oh, we're missing Beatty Shore. I don't think it would have made that mistakes, much of a difference, yeah. I mean, apart from Fraser Aird's bad game against Montreal to kick off the year. First, bad, bad first half, yeah. really. Was. I mean, he, he's been great, and yeah. most of the defensive lapses have not come from his side. It's come, have not come from Jordan Harvey and left back. So basically, that eliminates everything yeah, but the middle. It's come through the centre of the defence. And Parker's and played pretty well, too. Them. And the Parker's, yeah, and played, Parker's well played well, too. well as well. So <laughs> we're not wanting to point fingers no, at Kendo no. and Carr, but... Yeah, um, we'll talk about yeah, that later. We'll, we'll yeah. come to that later. But today, it wasn't really them that, that were at fault. No, Parker kind of slid in on, on well, well, Smith Beasley, was but. Smith was caught up the field, and Teixeira basically did not come back and um, cover that area. Yeah, and he was it, basically left watching the ball, essentially ball watching, whatever you want to call it. And Beasley slipped right behind him, and it totally exposed him there. It, it was all to share for me. I mean, yeah. he, he just didn't track the run. He was just watching the guy, just let him go. And it's not the first time we've seen it from Teixeira this year. It, it's really disappointing that he hasn't added that strong defensive side to his game that some of the other midfielders have. Kakuta and, and Pedro being, being no, two of those No, it's guys. not even a strong defensive side. If he'd been in that position where he... Like, if he, he sees Smith, Jordan Smith uh, caught up the field, he sees that opening spot... All he has to do is get into that area, and he would have probably, maybe not stopped the pass from happening, but he would have affected Beasley's run yeah, into the I, box. I was actually going to say, you mentioned Smith there, it's like, could you 
point fingers at Smith for being out of position. I mean, he was going forward a, a hell of a lot today, yeah. including a couple of nice I th- flashes. I, th- I thought he played pretty well yeah. today, actually. I mean, yeah. th- there was one move in the first half where he beat a couple of guys, went on a big run. I actually thought it was Kikuta Mane at, at first. I didn't realise it was Smith, and I was kind of stunned when it found out it was Smith. Yeah, Smith delivers, whatever you want to say about Smith, he delivers a solid cross into the yes. box. A very... Uh, playable like it basically is where the player is yeah we've, we've said before we don't have any issue with his offensive play it's, it's his defensive stuff and today that, he that was, was alright he wasn't that bad I thought today and then the the couple I mean Whitecaps had a few chances there was the Pedro chance there was the the Rivero call he, he looked Parker, to get tugged back Parker Parker had a couple of yeah. really good chances with headers that, that, that just went by and but the game kind of turned at the 40th we should yeah. be pretty good I mean, to that point Robbo said afterwards that the, the Caps weren't at the races in the first no. half. And the turning point of the game, kind of ironically, came with the White Caps captain, Pedro Morales, getting sent off. You'd think they're, they're influential playmaker, a guy that's been really talismanic for them over the years. He was having an excellent game. Him and Kakuta were, were the two best White Caps players in the first half. Yeah. It's like he was having an excellent game. He got sent off, as did Houston's Alex. Um, but then it was after that that Houston seemed to be the guys that suffered and it kind of gave the, the Whitecaps a, a, a kick, a spurt. But we'll, we'll come to that. We'll, ha- we'll talk about the sending off. Very foolish from Pedro. But but there is questions about it. Because yeah. inf- initially when he got sent off, you were saying he kicked out. Well, he, he, he aimed a kick at Alex. He, he whiffed a kick. I mean, he, d- he didn't... N- he didn't go near him. He didn't make contact. I didn't see a solid there, kicking motion. Though. I did, though. Okay. And I th- I'm pretty sure from where the referee was positioned, he's going to have seen that Alex did the tackle on him. And it looks like Pedro was angry, got up and kicked out. Yeah. They both would maybe have just got booked for that. Yeah. But then it escalated into a shoving match and a well, pushing Alex, match. Alex put his hands on Pedro's face. Basically, it was, it was the shoving match turned into Pedro shoving uh, Alex in the chest. And uh, the shove back was in the face, basically. So that's essentially where they came. But you talked to somebody after the game, and the reason they were given that Pedro was sent off was because of hands to the face yeah, as that well. Was, that was Robo. Was it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I can't remember who you Yeah, heard. no. Robo said it was basically that he had been told that Pedro had put hands to Alex's face. But, and he, he but if you look at, watched it. But if you looked at the replay, that. it was all chess. So yes. they might have an, uh, a chance here to... Reverse this red card at this point. I say no because he raised hands, and as soon as you raise hands, it's red. Uh, Okay, I've seen lots of shoves in chests and everything, and nobody says anything. It it should be a red, by the letter of the law, it should be a red. And And MLS goes by the letter of the law all the time. Walking off the pitch, they get into another bit of like verbals. Labo was getting held back as well. I was a bit worried that he might lose the. the You thought it was Labo at first. I did because he was getting held back so much. And then. Going off the pitch, Pedro pushed him in the chest. Uh, but uh, Alex approached him. Yes, he instigated it, yes. but again, Pedro rose, rose to it. And it's like, in MLS, who knows, that could be a subsequent game the suspension. Game, you yeah. just never know, because you don't know what Disco's going to come I don't up think with. that will be. I don't think they... they, they they're, but, they're more interested, d- in, they're more interested in, in stamping out tackles. But Disco are really kind frustrating. Of, they, they, like, they like when people get fr- uh, like yeah. uh, confrontations, because... That essentially uh, amps up the game and amps up people's interest. But there was a few decisions this week that I thought Disco would would cover. Yeah. And they didn't. I also thought the Whitecaps would get a fine for, like, crowding the referee a couple of times down in Portland, mass confrontation. That didn't get mentioned either. The one surprised me last week, I know we're we're talking about the game, but I just wanted to bring this up. McNamara, I think it was uh, McNamara on uh, Dax McCarthy. Um, And... Uh, it was it was a seven nothing win, but the, the, it happened way before the end of the game, midway, and McNamara just absolutely took a swing at McCarthy's legs and took him out. I was surprised it wasn't a red card at that time, and I was surprised that there was no discipline afterwards. That that's the kind of thing that you think you want to get out of the game. Yeah, and it, it's just you just don't know what they're going to revisit and what they're not. And Robo said after the game, you know what this league's like. He's He's talked to his players about the discipline aspect. We have to mention it again. That is going to be the 10th suspension now. Mm-hmm. First one for Pedro. There's been six red cards. Four of them are straight reds. Two of them are results of second yellows. And then there's been four subsequent bannings for, yeah. from Disco. And they lead in discipline points. Yeah, we, we lead in discipline the, points, red cards. It's like, well, we're number one. <laughs> we're number one. It's good that the Caps are first in something. It's a situation, though, that can't continue. 
And I mean, Robbo was asked about it after the match, and we'll, we'll hear from Robbo in a, in a little bit. In fact, let's just play Robbo now. So th- this is Robbo basically talking a little bit about indiscipline and, and, and red cards. Another red card, your view on that call, and is, is there anything you can do as a coach to address this situation? Yes. I can't tell you probably. I, I might as well just press play. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm not sure. I, I just spoke to my player there, and again, you know, I'm disappointed. I don't like red cards. I think they spoil games, and we've seen it a number of times. And I think it, it changed the dynamic of the game again today. And you know, I'm not sure because obviously I'm not allowed to speak to the referee. I, I get told not to speak to the referee, and they don't speak after. So I'm not sure why. But I got told he got sent off for pushing him in the face. Um, Pedro says he didn't touch him in the face. So again, I haven't seen it. I don't know, but. If he's pushed him in the face, then deserve a red card. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say uh, he shouldn't get a red card. But if he hasn't touched him in the face, <laughs> then I'm not sure. If I may follow, I think yeah. you lead MLS with six red cards. Now, yeah. I don't think another team has had three. Um, yeah. Again, is it indicative of a problem with the team, or is it circumstances? Do you know what? I could say that it's my fault. I'm in charge of this team. But it's not. We've got a great group of guys in there. I think if you look at the, the sendings off that we've had, you know, I think some of them be very harsh, and some of them haven't. You know, we, we need to be better. You know, uh, today included. But you know, maybe I'm better off not passing the buck on that one and just not saying anything because it might get me in trouble. Uh, can I just follow yeah. up on that? Then? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> The, leading up to the sending off, the, yeah. the players were getting frustrated because a lot of calls weren't going their way. There was a non-call and Octavio in the box. A lot of the cards have come from this build-up of frustration. Yeah. What do you do to try and get your players not to, to buy into it? Do you know what, Michael? I could sit here and say to you that I can tell them, and I do tell them, because I know what the league is like. But I also understand from their point of view, because I've been where they've sat, and if it's a foul, it's a foul. So, you know, I've been taught and I've learned to when you to communicate with referees in the right way and have a, a rapport with them. So I understand it from both sides. But I think the tone was set today. I think the kickoff went happened. The kickoff happened. It went straight forward, and there was a challenge between <coughs> Tim Parker and Will Bruin, where the ball was won free kick. Tone was set, <laughs> and you won't disagree with me as well. So, because you're right, it's. It is what it is. You say that red cards change games. How, how did uh, sending off Pedro change the, uh, uh, the game plan? For, it helped for us. It helped us. I think the first first 20 minutes we weren't actually doing very well. You know, in the lead up to the game, I said Houston very very good players. You know, Coyley left on Thursday uh, for numerous reasons, and sometimes you know there's going to be players that are happy, players that are not happy players in the team will be disappointed, the players at the team will be happy and that's what happens when you have a new man in charge and um, you know I was weary of them because they got good players and they got nothing to lose, they're playing with freedom which I try and encourage my players to do every game Um, so I knew it would be a a difficult start for us and uh, first 20 minutes I thought they were the better team uh, and they deservedly got their goal even though we made one or two mistakes in the lead up to the goal so dynamic change when the sendings off happened whether they were a red card or not, doesn't matter. It changed and we regrouped, especially at half time. We got our boys together, but we showed a calmness in our play today. We were playing with 10 and we worked as if we had 11 players. And that was the thing that pleased me. So it, it, it helped us. So I, I don't know what, what the players can do. They were clearly frustrated. There was a lot of things that were not going in their favour in that first half. The, the Rivero non-call a number of Houston tackles that, that weren't getting punished, whereas the White Cats picked up, I mean, Smith was booked, Tybot was booked, yeah. and then they were just getting more and more frustrated, and it boiled over. But as a veteran player, like Morales says, and your captain, you cannot lose the rag like that, but I know it must be really difficult. No, it is difficult, and, and the thing is, is um, like I said, like he was generally shocked that he got the red card, Obviously, every player is shocked when they actually receive the red card. But I thought, I personally thought it was two yellows. I thought it was it could have been a yellow each, 
if he really wanted to keep it, uh, everybody in the game. I felt like he wanted, he didn't want to send somebody off, and he just wanted to make it even, and that's why he gave Morales a red card, or somebody saw something they didn't see. I'm not sure, but uh, but but Ro- I mean, Robo sees both sides, the referees and the players. But you just you have to. I don't know how you can change the discipline because the team's got a a record now of being dirty, and I, I yeah. don't think it is a, a and they're not getting they, fair reflection, and they don't the get team. calls either, too. Yeah, but I mean, the sending off it. Right, close to half time and then it was the Whitecaps that regrouped at half time they came out all guns blaze and really put Houston under the cosh Tyler Derrick produced a number of uh, top top saves but then a fantastic goal from Octavio Rivero got, got the Whitecaps Both, back yes, in it. seven minutes after the break uh, it was Teixeira with the corner kind of bounced off a couple people's heads um, in the, uh, at the near post it fell right to Rivero and he just took a one-time strike. I think it was off. He sliced it a little bit. Yeah, I, and, and it, it's what we know he can do, but yeah. he just doesn't do enough. Question for you though is: Would Kai Kamara have buried that chance? I don't know. Did somebody ask Robbo that? I don't know. No, I, I, I would have thought Harry would have asked that, but she, yeah. but she never. It was a great goal, but after that, with like over thirty minutes to go. I could only see one team winning, which was going to be the Whitecaps, but Houston actually had a couple of chances. That well, the best chance was the the horse uh, header with like five less than five minutes to go, I think it was. Yeah. We all said saved it. Um, Tipped onto the bar. To share but, I mean, had, but Derek had so many saves before that as yeah, well. Yeah, but to share, I think the best chance for the Whitecaps was to share his kind of slip uh, shot kind of thing where he knocked it over the bar, but definitely all said salvaged the point for them there at the end of the game. I mean, totally, but... Houston are going to be happy to get a, a point, but disappointed as well. The Whitecaps, happy to get a point, disappointed as well. Russell Tiber, always Mr. Positive, was asked after the game whether they, they felt that it was two points lost because you're playing a weak team. He turned it right around and said, no, that's a negative way to look at it. The positive way to look at it is that this could be a crucial point, Aaron, somewhere down the line. And then we were laughing at that, but then you look at the standings tonight and so many of the other games have gone in the Whitecaps' favour. Yeah, Seattle has lost. They've actually moved up a spot in the standings with that point. Yeah, Seattle has lost. Um, and uh, The Galaxy have lost. Salt Lake looks like they're about to lose. Uh, so it, it, it could be a big big turning... Uh, not turning point, but... Yeah, I mean... It, 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 could, it could be a big, big monumental point right now at this point. In the time of recording this, the, the Whitecaps are up to third, played more games than a lot of the teams, but as I always say, i rather have points on the board... And games in hand. Mm-hmm. We'll hear a little bit now from Houston's uh, caretaker boss, assistant boss, whatever you want to call him, Wade Barrett. King Wade Barrett? Yeah, it surprised me because, I mean, he'd been released from his WWE contract, didn't know what he was going to do. Lots of rumours he could end up in TNA, Ring of Honor, or, or go back to kind of spearhead a wrestling organisation back in the UK. But turned up in Houston put on a bit of a southern draw as well which I thought was hilarious he, he hasn't got his Preston accent anymore and he was just just talking about the, the bull hammer that the Houston team laid on the Whitecaps early on before succumbing to some Whitecaps pressure so let's hear now from Wade Barrett you know it's been an interesting week around our camp so uh, you know we had a couple days to prepare the team and I will say that we worked really really hard over the last couple days of having a specific plan. Um, you know, coming to Vancouver, it's always difficult. They have a lot of good attacking players. They have a lot of different things they can throw at you. And uh, we wanted to make sure that we were compact and tough to play against. And, uh, you know, I thought when it was 11 versus 11, I thought the players did exactly what we asked of them. And, uh, you know, 11 versus 11, then when the red cards happened, it kind of changed the game a little bit. And uh, things got a little bit more open in the second half, as they will when both teams lose a man. But. Uh, the players did an excellent job of uh, following the plan that we had come up with, and uh, I'm really proud of the effort they put in. Uh, Wade, you, you see see a lot that teams sack their managers or get rid of the managers, and then they get an automatic boost in the next game. And it looked like that to start with. The way the team played, especially in the first half, and the saves that Tyler Derrick came up with, do you feel you should have maybe got more than a point? Are you, are you disappointed just to get a point? Uh, you know, the game works out the way the game works out. So. Uh, I was proud of the, the fact that the guys really stuck to the game plan. And I mean, that was the one thing we asked for them. We asked for, from them discipline and organization. And, you know, we stressed that. We stressed how we wanted to play, what we wanted to do. And, you know, like you said, 11 versus 11, I thought, I thought our guys did a very, very good job 
of making it difficult for Vancouver to find those pockets of space and to get them behind us. They're, they're a very dangerous team where if you get too high, there's space behind and they've got players that can exploit that. A guy like Morales, they can play the through balls and you've got the chair, you've got Mane. Rivero makes really good runs into the channel. So, you know, that was one thing that we wanted to limit. You'll never completely limit it, uh, you know, those kinds of things when they have players that are so good at it. But I thought our guys did a really good job. The week was very challenging and turbulent for your side um, with, with what happened on Wednesday night, or at least what it was announced Wednesday night. So was there any concern about what the players' mentality was going to be coming into the game after what happened this week? Uh, no. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was a difficult week. You know, uh, and, you know, the players found out on Wednesday we traveled on Thursday morning to get here. But, uh, you know, you could tell right away that uh, when something like this happens, I've said this a few times, it's an opportunity for the players and for the team to take a step further away from one another, or it's an opportunity for them to take a step closer to the group. And I think you could see right away, just from, you know, even from the trip on Thursday and then getting out for that first training session on Thursday afternoon when we got here, the players were taking a step closer to the group. And, you know, when something like this happens, that's what you need. You have to have the players kind of circle the wagons and say, you know what, let's this group right here, you know, let's try to find a solution to get a positive result on the weekend. And uh, so the attitude that the players showed over the last couple of days in kind of these difficult circumstances, I'm, I'm really, really proud of. So King of the Ring, Wade Barrett there, talking about his Houston today. I've got to say, I actually, I liked Barrett. I don't think he's going to get the job in Houston. Barrett's a guy that, I mean, he played for San Jose Clash and the Earthquakes and then Houston when the when the franchise moved, over, moved yeah. there. So, I mean, he's he's a guy that's loyal to that club. He loves the club. And he's, he's, he's he needs won, to be he's, involved. He's won titles there. Yeah. And, and, he, and he, he was a very, I was actually, because obviously we didn't, I didn't follow MLS too long, too much back then. And, even now, Wade Barrett probably wouldn't follow him too much, know who he was. But he started a lot of games over those years he played here. It was a, uh, he was a, a pretty solid starter for yeah, that. Yeah, and it's amazing that he could juggle his wrestling career and do that. Yeah. The stuff that he said, though, it was good. I like listening to him. But we sent you into the Houston locker room. Yeah, and one, one player probably disputes what you said about he's not going to get the job because uh, uh, DeMarcus Beasley was fully in Wade Barrett's corner, so to say. So no, like, no ta- pun intended. Tag, tag team partner, yeah, no you, pun you intended. could almost say. Was he holding the rope? Might have been. Hot tag? Threw in a chair. But we, we got some audio from the Houston locker room, so we'll play a little bit of that now. A couple of thoughts on the game, but mainly, what do Houston feel that they have to do to, to turn the season around? So we'll hear first from Barrett on just that, like what he feels that Houston need to do to kind of kickstart their season. Then we'll also hear from goal scorer Demarcus Beasley. Goalkeeper, the guy that kept the caps at bay today, Tyler Derrick. And number 22 in your programme, Shannon Williams. Or something like that. Here's some of the Houston guys now. Uh, it's been a, a tough couple of weeks, obviously, for the club. Point today, what does the, the team need to do, whoever comes in, if it's yourself or whoever, to start to, to climb the table now and close the gap a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I've said this a couple times in the last couple of days, that to build something that's really, really sturdy and that looks really, really nice takes time. And so for me, you know, it's putting one brick down. And then as that one is set, then we'll put the next one on top. I mean, you know, to really get to where we want to go, it's going to take time. And, uh, you know, we're obviously, we're in a tough spot. You know, we, we started the season really well the first couple games, and then, you know, things have kind of taken a turn for the worse over the last however many weeks. And uh, you don't build that back up in just one performance. You don't build it up in one training session. It's going to take a little bit of time. So I'm really proud of the effort that the guys put into the game today. I think that's a solid brick that we can lay heading into the next week. But it's only the first one, and we have to keep adding to it little by little. It hasn't been the calmest week for you guys, obviously, with all the changes and everything. How, how do you feel like this team pulled together with the veterans and everything like that and, and the performance today? Yeah, of course. That's what it needed. Uh, that's what we needed, and that's what it showed. You know, it was a very professional performance, you know. Uh, games like this, you know, uh, to give up a goal in the second half kind of early, um, we usually just go down. And we'll, we'll, we, these kind of games, this, this, this kind of season, 
we usually lose those games. But you know, we stayed uh, we stayed true to our, our, our tactics and we stayed true to our, our game plan. And you know, yeah, they had more of the ball, of course. But you know, we limit, we limited them to 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 you know a couple of good chances and Tyler made some great saves. But we also had some good chances. So you know, that both keepers made some big saves for for each team. So uh, we can be proud of today. But you know, it's just a start, and hopefully, um, we forget this game. Uh, you know, right now, and we get ready for Dallas on Thursday. How important was it to have Tyler make those big saves for you, especially the first half, and keep you guys ahead in the, in the half? Yeah, that's that's what that's what it's about. You know, uh, everyone does their part. You know, and Tyler is a, is a big part of that. Um, you know, goalkeepers are you know supposed to keep you in the game, and that's what he did today. You know, uh, you see. And the last, we had a couple headers off free kicks and corner kicks that, you know, could have won the game and Tyler would have been a big, big part of it if we would have got the winner. So um, that's, that's he, he did his job, you know, and that, and some. So, you know, hats off to Tyler. He did he did it, he did well today and he shows that, you know, he keeps showing that he's a, a great keeper and a great young keeper and he's going to have a, great, a bright future. Um, obviously, a big point today on the road. Um, what does this team need to turn around overall for the whole season? Points. <laughs> I mean, to to... To make it real easy, points. You know, doesn't matter how we get them. You know, uh, it, that's that's what we need, and we're going to need points on the road. You know, we've we proven that we can win at home. You know, that's that's not the the issue here. The issue is on the road. Um, we've given up some leads that we've been away that we've been up, and like I said, today was a was a big time performance from from our from our team. Uh, from everybody did a lot of work, a lot of dirty work. And, uh, yeah, we, we needed this point. You know, it's going to help uh, lift, you know, our spirits and, and give us confidence when we're on the road. You know, like I said, we know we can win on, on, at home, but uh, on the road it's giving us confidence that we can go and get, get results. We can get points. We can get, you know, wins. We can get ties, whatever. Uh, it's going to help us, you know, throughout the rest of the season, hopefully. With the potential of a new coach coming in, um, is there, like, are, are there, is there, obviously there's not concerns, but are, is there a little bit of uneasiness about which coach is coming in and what is he going to implement and how that, or is he just going about the business as you are? Go about the business. And right now, Wade Bear is our coach. We feel very confident with Wade. Um, you know, he came in and, and took charge right away. Yeah, there was nothing he was afraid of. You know, he, he's I've been around him for you know I played against him, but I've been around him now for two and a half years as a coach, and he's he's been great. You know, he he knows football. He's he's very knowledgeable, and he set us up to you know get a good result tonight, and, and he did that. So, uh, I'm no one's worried about. And I can I'm sure I can speak for everyone. No one's worried about a new coach coming in right now. We we have Wade Barrett, and we're we're happy with Wade Barrett. Tyler, obviously a, a kind of a. Unexpected week leading into this game. Uh, how'd you guys feel? Like the team did in front of you. Uh, you know, as a whole, I think it was an excellent performance. Like you said earlier, all the uh, unexpected things going on this week uh, could have been a distraction. But you know, I, these these guys, we really rallied together, and we knew that it's just us, and now there's no more excuses. So, uh, for for the performance we put out there, I'm really, really proud of the guys. Did you feel you had to uh, do a little bit more because of the fact of all the changes that were going on? Did just step up your game even higher than it was? You know, uh, I think uh, we didn't do more physically, but I think mentally uh, we cleared up a lot of things. And uh, leading into the game, you know, we had a clear idea of what we were going to do, and uh, we executed very well. It was unfortunate uh, that we didn't get all three points, but you got to give credit to Vancouver. They're a good team. And uh, I thought... Uh, I thought we performed extremely well today. How important is it when, when something like this happens that you have a veteran, you know, kind of unit in front of you? It's not a young unit, veteran, like you got horse in front of you and all, every, everybody around you there to support you and all the other guys. Uh, yeah, you know, it's great whenever, uh, whenever uh, the guys are really rallying around each other and we're looking at each other and getting support off each other. And uh, it's a great feeling. Uh, and you can look at your teammates, and uh, you know they're busting their butt to get uh, to get the result, and uh, it's infectious, and it goes throughout the whole team. Um, obviously, the red cards happened. How did that change the game for you guys? Uh, you know, I think uh, we st we we didn't really change our game plan or anything. You know, we really had to buckle down our game plan, and uh, we we were clear what we wanted to do, and uh, we just kept reinforcing after the red card that we're going to stick to our game plan, and we did. And obviously, with this with this point, you want to turn things around, and. and what does this team need to do in order to turn things around? Have you seen I think just keep putting performances like this and keep uh, uh, digging out points and grinding out points. And nothing's going to be given to us. We have to work harder now for everything that we want. And uh, if we want it bad enough, we'll, we'll get it. I think you touched on it a little bit. But how important is it just getting a point on the road after all the struggles the team's had on the road this year, just coming away with a point today? Yeah, you know, anytime you get uh, you get points added, uh, it's it's a good feeling, and especially on the road in a tough place to play like Vancouver on the turf and with the crowd and with a good. 
team that's organized really well. You know, anytime we can get points on the road, it's, uh, it's a good feeling. How important is Will Burns' mustache today in the performance? You know, I think uh, we got to give a lot of credit to Will's mustache. You know, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Get out of here. Shane, uh, obviously uh, a difficult week for you guys. Uh, how did you guys feel like you played, especially in that first half when you took the game? Uh, I thought we played well. Um, we stuck to our game plan, which is something I don't think we've done a good job of uh, up to this point. And um, Coach gave us the, the ideas, and we just went out and executed and did what we needed to do. Um, when it, when it comes to a, a game like this, is it is it easier to have like a, a group of veterans that can pull together and, and kind of like uh, be strong and, and, and play a solid game and be professionals about it? Yeah, I mean we've had a gr good group of guys all year, and uh, I think that with everything that just happened to us, uh, you know, it just brought us closer together, and hopefully we can continue to build on this and continue to move forward. Uh, going forward, obviously, you want to you want to turn this around. What, what does this team need to do to turn this around? Uh, I think if we if we continue to play like the way we played tonight, we're going to win more games than we lose. And uh, unfortunate to, to get a red card, that definitely changes the game. Um, but uh, this team, you know, fought from the beginning to the end. I thought we were extremely disciplined. And like I said, if we continue to play like that, it'll, the results will take care of itself. Thanks. So that was some stuff from the Houston players there. We're not going to play yet Ousted or Tie, but you can probably get that on the Whitecaps website. And Robbo as well, played you a little bit, but again, you'll get most of what he said on, on the Whitecaps website. It, it was a makeshift backline today, and like actually, once again, the Whitecaps went down a man and didn't let a goal in, which is yeah. a phenomenal record that they've got this year. And Robbo did say that what he was proudest of was the team were down to 10 men, but they played as if they had 11 men. The makeshift defence, to start with, was, Fraser Aird was out. He had a knee contusion after missing last, year, last week's game suspension. And I think he injured it during the Toronto game. Kendall Waston was out from suspension from that Portland game. And Pamaduka was listed as having an injury, an abductor strain. And, and he missed out today as well. And Waston was actually away on, on COPA duty, so he still has to serve his suspension, along with Morales now. So they're going to miss the, the New England game in many, many weeks to come. Yeah. But the, the fallout from Portland, we have to kind of look a little bit about that. Ka had a nightmare. Waston had a nightmare. All four goals, because we didn't do a podcast after that, but all, all four goals Were came avoidable. from mistakes. Yeah. You could argue that Harvey's tackle wasn't actually a free kick, but ultimately he dived around the edge of the box and gave away a free kick. Waston slipped for the second goal. Horror slip. No, I, I don't. Two I, penalties. Yeah, I don't have a problem. Well, the, of all the goals, uh, I think the one that I had the biggest problem was with the first one, the call one, because okay, you miss hit the ball and everything like that, right? But you, the the player was basically getting the ball, the the Portland player, and you, it was at the edge of the box. There's no way he's going to score from there unless you're Eric Halfley or something like that. You basically just drive him to to. You know, out of the box and wait till you get support and everything like that. He just went in there and just dove in there. You, you can't give the referee an opportunity to call a penalty like that. And that put them behind the eight ball right there. There was no chance. Like, like it just it just deflated the team. So I think that was the biggest individual mistake. I think that hurt them the most. I got them off to a bad start. Yeah. They're playing chase up just three minutes into the game. I, I was. I mean, the, the ball that he played out that he then brought the guy down it's, there's no need to even do that it's as if he thought Harvey was there yeah. but just didn't even look up to see if he was there and, and just played the ball it was just it was baffling the handball I don't even know it, was, it wasn't was, a handball I mean yeah, it, that, it was unfair in that but he that. puts himself in that position and by moving his yeah. arm or something yeah. and it's like the referee depending on where his view was he's going to think he's handled it especially with all the Portland players and the Timbers army yelling handball handball yeah the fallout from it, Ka, I don't know. I think we're only going to see him in an emergency now. I mean, Jacobson came in today, played centre-back, played centre-back the first game against Houston, was excellent. He was yeah. one of the best players. But uh, I agree with you. I think Jacobson and Parker had a good game today. I think that could be probably the, obviously the pairing going forward. Now that Dean had that injury in yeah, training and other injuries, that was I tough feel to see. so bad for Christian it's like we spoke to him we were at training last week and, and we spoke before to the him. Portland game yeah. and I think we, we might even have mentioned it in the podcast last week I, I can't remember if we did or not yeah. but we, we spoke to him he was in great spirits he said oh I'm, I'm getting back training with the ball on yeah. Friday he was really looking forward to it walking around freely Wednesday 
back training, hurts his knee, waiting for the scan to come back, but it looks like he's going to be out for several weeks. Just just feel for the guy. Yeah, it's like, it's he's such a nice guy, and he's he's developed well in WFC 2. Really wanted to see what he could do alongside Parker, because to me, that's the, the central defensive pairing going Future. forward, yep. just because I think Waston will get sold. But talking of Waston and the fallout from Portland and everything oh, like that. Oh, his red card, yeah. He is not having a good season. No, he is by far at this after become, being the you know defender of the year, he's become almost the weakest link of the back line, essentially but, but of the regular four starters. You also, you don't become a bad defender, which overnight. is surprising. Yeah, no, that doesn't. Is it because he's he's exposed because of who's playing in front of him that Laba, he hasn't got Kofi beside him. They've been playing sometimes Pedro back there who goes forward, so he hasn't got that. I mean, we criticised Kofi for not going forward, and I, I honestly wouldn't want him back. Yeah. But he played very defensively, and Tybert played very defensively when he played in there as well. Is it that Watson's been left exposed, and because the referees have got in his head that he can't go in and tackle, he's second-guessing himself, he doesn't know what to do, and then he ends up being late or making mistakes, and it's resulting in bookings, penalties, sending-offs? I, th- I personally think that he's probably seeing the, the, the open space in the front of him, and he maybe does too much. He's trying to do too much and not playing his simple game that he was playing last year that made him, you know, up for Defender of the Year. I think I, I, this is not going to be very popular among a lot of people, but I personally think Laba is putting him in that position. Morales is obviously, he's there to go forward from that, you know, the two-man shield or whatever. Laba, for some reason, it gets out of position way too much. Yeah. I, I find, and he's he doesn't get back quick enough. No, and he's we saw not. It today, a yeah. couple of times, a couple of times today. So, and it didn't cost him. Luckily, the thing is, it doesn't cost him. But when it does, it seems like it becomes the defender's fault or something like that. Yeah, and Laba, that's all folk notice. Really, Laba has to take. Well, I'm sure he takes responsibility when he's in the dressing room, but people have to put their some of the some of the stuff on him too. He's got to. Stay there if he, especially if he's playing with Morales. If he's playing with Tybert, if he's playing with Jacobson, then yes, roam forward, get get out of your position. But if he's not, you gotta you gotta change the way you're playing and, and play that safer. Play. And want to give a tip of the hat to to Tybert. He actually played really well today. Yeah. It's the most offensive that we've seen him since he had that horrible blonde haircut. But it's been the most offensive he's played for two years, I think, with the Whitecaps, and it. It was good to see him like that. Yeah, over those two years, his play was very offensive. Yeah, yeah. He he was he was good. He, he stood out, and they played well when they went down to ten men. Yeah, they they had better shape, and it's not because of Pedro missing or anything like that. But it's kind of frightening. I think they're, I think they're used to playing with ten yeah. men, so maybe that's why they were. They kind of used to play without Pedro as yeah. well. It's kind of frightening though that. Jacobson can come in beside Parker and look better than how Waston has been beside him. Yeah. And I mean, you don't want to rag on the guy. He's still a great guy, and he leads the league in, in aerials one or something like that. I was reading just this week, and he is a monster. And he's still a beast, and he's great in the other box at, at set pieces. But can he change his game? I don't to know. Fit the way that MLS need it to be. And he's clearly, I, I personally think he's very frustrated over it too because yeah. that red card he got at the end of the, uh, after the match was over. Yeah, let's talk about that. that after the match is over, I pers- I know he said to you that he did not hear the whistle. Yeah. And he told, that's what he told everybody else. I don't know how he didn't hear the whistle unless he's wearing earplugs. Yeah, because I had the whistle when I was up in the press box. Yeah, and, 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 and the other thing is, is he doesn't do those type of tackles regularly. That's a Kofi special. Where you you know you land on your butt and you put both your feet out or stuff like that, try to take the guy out. When when you watch it again, Aspria, he was running and then kind of easing up because I think he heard the whistle. Yeah. So then Kendall kind of stopped running as well, but then for some reason, Aspria seemed to kind of keep going. So maybe he thought, oh, it isn't the whistle, and then that's when Kendall starts running again. Yeah. But. But Kendall. I, never- I want to give him the benefit of the doubt because if you've done that on purpose, it's. Just stupid. But the thing is, Watson never goes to the ground. He always will do like a shoulder barge yeah. or, or uh, like lean was, into a person. It was two-footed from behind as well. But he, he also said afterwards he got the ball, so he doesn't even see what the problem is. <laughs> I don't know. Because it was after the whistle, essentially. That's why he got he it. He also didn't want to talk about Copa. He, st- he just said he was so angry that he didn't want to talk about anything oh, after okay. the game. So he wasn't in a good headspace. Yeah, so the, that that was a rough game. I, I I personally don't have a problem with them losing to Portland, obviously in Portland, but the way yeah. they lost was a big problem. Yeah, actually, I've just realised that there wasn't any audio from the game last week, 
So I'll, I'll, let me just play what Kendall actually said about his sending off. Can you take us through the tackle at the end, Kendall? Had you heard the whistle? No, never. I'm not going to be so stupid to run 20 yards after hearing the whistle. Why are I going to run more um, just for nothing? And even if he, if he didn't whistle, I run and I tackled the ball. I didn't tackle the guy. So that's why I was arguing after with the ref that I didn't hear the whistle. So that was it. Was it explained to you? Did you did you understand that the red card was because the whistle had gone or because of the tackle? No, I don't know why the, the red card came. I because the referee asked the lineman, and after the lineman said, "Tell him red card," and after he gave me the red card, so I was like, "Why?" I didn't hear the whistle. He saw, he told me I I whistle, but I didn't hear the whistle. Not even Aspirilla heard the whistle because he was continuing with the ball. At that point in the game, though, knowing that seconds away from ending do you not need to show a little more control there control not, not make the tackle no I, this is football this is football and and if i have to tackle in that first second i'm gonna do it at the same at the end is is i don't care how the game gonna do if we need to defend we gotta defend the, the way that the referees are in mls this year I, do you feel that you might have to change your game a little I bit i think i think that now we don't know if we we could play free because now with this type of decisions they're gonna like take us our and with our own style because sometimes we tackle the ball they blow foul so now it's, it's difficult so i think this is becoming a barbie things so that's kendall's thoughts on it and it didn't cost them the game because the game was already over by that point. But will it cost? And it will it cost them uh, points down the road when he's suspended for those two games? So that's a big thing too. It, exactly, and we're saying too because it hasn't been confirmed yet. No, really. The rumors okay. are that he's getting a second game. It hasn't been announced. Well, I yet. it was official. Okay. No, it hasn't been announced yet because the players' union want to contact him to see if he wants to make an appeal. He's away now for Copa anyway, so I mean. That, that, but that, that won't affect it too much because I, I think we're off for quite a bit now. Yeah, we're off for three weeks MLS-wise. Yeah. There's two games coming up, the Canadian Championship games, home and away against Ottawa. We'll come to that very shortly, but if we're talking about the guys that's away for Copa, the three of them are away. Yeah, Christian Bolanius and Kendo are away with Costa Rica. Blas Perez is away with Panama. As you say, Kuro is injured. We're speaking to Kuro today. Asked him how, how he was feeling. He said he's feeling good. I thought it would be thing. Oh, yeah. Didn't want the toffee I offered him. I, no, mean, that's I, I was like, oh, sorry, man. Yeah, sorry, sorry. But, I mean, those guys are out. They're missing. We They might be back in time for the next MLS game. Depends how Costa Rica and Panama do in the Copa. So they're definitely missing for Ottawa. Yeah. And a lot of the first team guys probably won't play against Ottawa on Wednesday. But there is a lot of confusion about the Whitecaps roster. That Mark hasn't Weber, been announced yet. Yeah, it ha- it's, it's, they have till Monday to file it, two days before the game. It's, it, weird. it's insane. And you would think the tournament has started, that CSA would already kind of have all this sorted. But Mark Weber and myself have been trying for weeks to try and get to the bottom of exactly what's happening. I sent the CSA an email and was told that the Whitecaps could only use six Canadian academy players on the roster. And by that, they were not classing USL players, they were classing guys that have come through the residency programme. So with that, you're looking at Alfonso Davies, Caden Chung, because they're still eligible to play in the residency, would be the guys that could come through. Then there was the grey area. Could they use the likes of Jackson Farmer and Jordan Haynes, who have come through from the residency but are now in the USL team. Then there was word that the Whitecaps could use any Canadian player, even the USL guys. So that opened the door to Brett Levi's. Chris Serban. Chris Serban. Ben McKendry. Daniel Haber as well, who's yeah. kind of really pushing. Well, Ben McKendry's got oh, an MLS contract. Right. I mean, he's right, fine right. as well, along right. with Kianza and Marco Bustos. Robo, though, when I spoke to him, he was confident that he could use any player. Because uh, we're talking about Kyle Gregg, would he would he get his chance? Looks like Kyle Gregg c- can get a chance in Champions League along with the USL guys. 
Because of the change in the collective bargaining agreement, the Alexa Whitecaps call folk up for four days. But we still don't know exactly who can get used in the Canadian thing. We believe, though, now the Whitecaps can pretty much have everyone, especially Canadians. The other thing we're not sure. But we're not sure <laughs> who will play in Ottawa. Is the pressure going to be on them because the CSA want strong teams playing in this? So you might actually see more of the MLS fringe guys than the up-and-coming Canadian guys, but but you don't have a problem with that, Steve. No, I I think I think it should be a mix because you don't want to put too many young guys because they're just going to get overwhelmed, I think. I think there should be um, guys like uh, Parker can play, I think, because they do have the weekend off next weekend, so he can play. Um, He's not at that rest yet, though. It's like the guy has to rest at some point. No, I, I'm sure he'll rest after the game on Wednesday. But, uh, like... Uh, Fraser Aird wasn't injured. I would like to see him play. Um, uh, Russell Tybert, I think he'd be a good, you know, the, probably be the captain yeah, of the I mean, team. Yeah, I mean, Russell Tybert is a, a definite to play. Yeah. And uh, like you say, and I Hurtado, think Hurtado can, I think, can Hurtado play somewhere. Hurtado up front with maybe or Heber on the coming wing. on off, off the bench yeah. later on. Yeah, and then, so those are the type of players. I even I didn't even throw Manny in there. He's young. Why not put him in there and well, play, I, I, play a game? For me, you're going to see Bustos in the number 10 role. Yeah, for sure. You're going to see Kians on the wing. Or, or holding mid next to uh, Tybert, maybe. Could, oh, yeah, actually. Yeah. Robbo likes him as a number eight. Yeah. So, I mean, he might have a free kind of role, kind of doing what Pedro's been doing, DMCM kind of role. Yeah. Ben McKendry is who I think will be in beside Tybert okay. in the holding position. Although Ben has been playing forward a little bit, and he's been looking really good and scored a cracking goal for WFC too. So, I mean, those guys are going to play. Would you go with Carducci? Would you go with Paolo Ternaghi? Paolo got the nod last year, Marco got the nod two years before, but bear in mind, Marco has not really been playing with WFC2, yeah, but go then Paolo hasn't really been playing at all. Yeah, i got to go with Paolo there, yeah, especially if you have a young team in front of you. Sam Adda could be, I would think, is going to be in it. Oh, a, sure, yes. Left it has back. to be. And Cole Seiler will, long will long. start, maybe beside with, Parker. I think Parker with Seiler would be a good fit there. Or Seiler... Well, I'd, I'd like to see Seiler and Sam DeWitt because I'm I'm very high on Sam DeWitt, but obviously he's Dutch and we don't know if he's going to be eligible. But I think we could see Seiler and Jackson Farmer. Mm. But anyway, they, they could play. They've, they've trained together anyway. I would I would personally go with Parker and Seiler in, 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 in that combination, especially an away game like that. So for me, two, the two big decisions that you have to make is, first of all, right back. Do you play... Well, let's say that Fraser Aird is injured because we think he will be. Do you go with Jordan Smith who played today or do you give Caden Chung the chance to show what he's got on the big stage I would go Caden Chung yeah I, for me it's a no brainer I, w- I would right now I, if I if there was a chance uh, I know again he played really well today I would I would, pr- would send K- Jordan Smith if there was a choice between the two back to uh, Costa Rica and sign and a one-way ticket. Yeah, and then sign Caden <laughs> Chung to an MLS contract. Yeah, I, I, I personally I would have done that a couple of weeks ago, and I, I think that is something that is going to happen down the road sooner than later. Chung should get the start, but it, it really depends how many young guys are allowed to play. Will it be deemed that they're not taking the competition seriously? The CSA have just made a big rut for themselves. You cannot find the roster rules anywhere. Online, it's like we've looked for it, and it's like nothing's published. It's unwritten. It's most things in North American soccer tend to be unwritten. <laughs> the, the only other thing for me is, do you bring Brett Levi up and Brett play him on, on the left wing? He's been playing as left back, but he could play left midfield. Oh, I wouldn't. I would, yeah, that sounds good actually. I wasn't even thinking about because that's his, that's his normal position. Yeah, him, him on the left, froze on the right. Yeah, that, that would sound good. Bustos as the OM. Four, or, Mc, four, or McKendry. Four, two, three, one, yeah. Or, or, or McKendry, Tybert in the back, Hurtado leading the line. I personally, if, if they do play Bustos, I don't want to see him on the wing. I want to see him no, but, playing yeah. Temporal. Bustos has to be the not look good on the wing uh, in the last few times he's done that. But we also have to look that Nicholas Mosquita has not been getting involved. So, I mean, that would be a game to possibly get him minutes in. And you could the, the, he, he you could play on the wing as well if you want to, or you could play... Or as the OM role, oh. but then what do you do with Busti? Uh, or maybe put him in. Don't the, put him on the wing. Put him, put him in Froze's role and put Froze on the wing. So th- there's a, there's plenty of options. Yeah, you there. could give Bustos the role that Pedro been doing, like the yeah. free flowing run, and he, he kind of thrives on that. Let's just hope that none of these guys get injured in the Whitecaps two game tomorrow. Yeah. What what's your prediction for the game? Do you think it's, do you think Ottawa's going to give them a a tough 
thing. I mean, they're, and they're well, qualifying they, they, for they, it. They, 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 went were to the NSL, they were in the NSL finals too last year. Yeah, but year. they let a lot of guys yeah. go, including their head coach. Paul and Del they will be there. missing a couple of key players, the Guzman and uh, De Jong. Yeah, will be with they're the away with team. Canada, pal. Whitecaps have no guys away from Canada. Hilarious to me, that. Thank God Florida doesn't like anybody. Yeah. Even with all that, I, I maybe see a 1-1 draw. Or uh, I, I, I'd be fine. One-one draw, away goal works yeah. for me. I, I'm going to go two-one Whitecaps. Okay. So we mentioned there's a lot of roster confusion as to who can play where, who can play what. With the terms of the bargaining agreement, though, what we do know is a lot of the, the USL guys can play in the Champions League this year, which they weren't allowed to do last year, which was a bugger for the Whitecaps because they had to send strong guys down to Honduras for a meaningless game. But this Monday, it's the draw for this year's Champions League. It's kind of exciting. The Whitecaps are in pot two alongside Costa Rican teams, Honduran teams, Guatemala. So they're going to miss those those clubs, which is great. They are going to get either one of the four American teams or one of the four Mexican teams. Yeah, in pot three. Yeah. So, they're all- so let's look at the MLS guys that they could draw. We could have another Cascadian game against Portland. Yeah, they played Seattle last year. Yeah. Would you like that again? Or do you, do you want something a bit exciting? I kind of find it boring to see the same teams. I per, I, I, I've never been a fan of uh, the team facing each other like three times in a year. Yeah, you should grow up watching Scottish football where East Fife had to play teams four times a year because <laughs> it's like a 10-team league. Well, that, that's and, understandable. And then, then, but then you draw them in the Cups. There was yeah. one season... That we went to four for something like seven times, yeah. or played them seven times. It was like ridiculous. You got Portland, and you got the Red Bulls, who won the Supporter Shield last year. FC Dallas, who were second in the Supporter Shield, and then uh, Sporting Kansas City, who won the U.S. Open Cup. Yeah. So one of those four teams. I, I personally think, uh, although they they might be the farthest, I think New York might be the best team to face because if you get an MLS team, I take yeah. it, do you want an MLS team rather than the Mexican? Team? Well, if you want to advance, then you want to get an MLS team. I don't think I don't see them beating any of the Mexican teams at all. No, and, and I have but, no idea about the Mexican teams. I just don't think they'll beat any of yeah, them. Yeah, and I'm I'm confident it could beat any of the the MLS teams. Portland would be great because obviously the fans would trip, go down. Yeah. I get a nice trip down the coast again with Bailey. You go to New York. Oh, and, my, and my wife as well. Um, ah, nah, long way to go. You've always wanted to go to sporting Kansas City. I have, at a good time of year. I'm not sure that's a good time of year for Be someone hot. with my skin. Yes. Um, Dallas as well, <laughs> same reasons. I mean, we'll look at the four Mexican teams. There's Monterey, which I wouldn't mind. That would be a lovely trip, I think, to Monterey. Uh, Pachuca, is that how you pronounce it? I guess so. Um, I'm, I'm going to murder this. I, I'm we should have asked Jorge before. I know, we should have got this. Jorge on. Uh, Anal, there's a chance of Anal. <laughs> it's Uanal. Oh, God. It's U-A-N-L. Man, no my eyesight idea. today, because I was going on to you about how... The Tigres. The, the Houston had a guy called Brick Torres on their roster, because yeah. my eyes are going now, I think. Um, and uh, UNAM. Yeah, National. Yeah. Uh, Universidad, Club Universidad Nacional. I don't it's know. I'm a, Italian, apparently. Yes. <laughs> but then you got uh, part one, uh, which is the uh, people we consider the weakest yeah, of the Yeah, the Ulcerans. Yeah. I, th- there's a team in there I really want, but the, we'll, we'll leave them to the end. So. Okay. So you've got Panamanian side Plaza Amador. Yeah. It's going to be an El Salvador team in, Real Esteli, who's in, in every single year. And another El Salvador team that's going to be decided later. Uh, Don Bosco. I thought it was Donnie Brasco when I first Yeah, I, I thought it was movie night, which was fantastic. Two Trinidad teams, which I wouldn't like because they can be dangerous and it's not the safest place to go. So Central and W Connections there. Um, but w Connection, I thought it was a, a, a store in like Metrotown, Metropolis or whatever. No, I think W Connection's actually a dating site. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. It's weirdo connection. It like puts me in touch with all these weird girls. I, I, I like my goth chicks. But the team that I want, because I think it's fantastic, Police United. Yeah, and then the fans obviously have a song to sing, um, an old NWA song yeah. that would really work with it. Yeah, anti-police song. Yeah. Let's just hope there's no police brutality there. Yeah. It, it's going to be tough. I think it's another year that, you know, you want to get experience. Yeah. I, I think my, We'll my, never be into pot three, so we'll never be like a favorite in the group or whatever. We'll always be stuck in pot two. So it's basically, you hope you get an MLS team that you can that you yeah. are uh, familiar with and you can beat. I, I think the best hope we can get is New York Red Bulls because they're struggling just now. Well, and they're struggling plus... Police plus, United or Donny Brasco? New York Red Bulls, obviously, in the past have not taken... 
um, like the U.S. Open Cup and other competitions as serious yeah. as they do with MLS and MLS Cup. And I know I'm saying they're struggling. They're just banged seven goals past uh, New York City and last week today. and then three against Toronto yeah. today. So maybe that isn't the best bet. But I'm sick of seeing Dallas, Sporting KC. I'm, we see, I'm we waiting see for them, them to yeah. come good as well because I, I think they're going to be really strong in the yeah. run. So there, there's that. I guess one other thing we have to mention just before we go, something which was announced since our last podcast, there, there's going to be an additional game yeah. in July. <laughs> Obviously, we're enthused by this. It's a mid-season friendly. Against the big club from Europe. Oh, yeah, massive. Crystal Palace. It, it, what do you think? I, I personally, I, I'm not a big fan of this at all. And I don't, well, I'm I, not a big fan of Crystal Palace as a Wimbledon no. supporter. Well, yeah, that's that's one thing. I, and uh, it actually made you into a Man United supporter, yep. which was hilarious. I, I, yeah, because I, I really, well, A, I wanted them just to lose because Wimbledon and Crystal Palace have a bit of rivalry going. But I just didn't want the, them to have a chance to promote this that the FA Cup winners were coming. Yeah. Because I want this to be a massive flop. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of this. Like, I told, and, and, uh, Bobby Lennarduzzi has spoken in the past when people have asked him about friendlies and I, I think maybe he was just saying it in order to appease people who were looking for it but he was saying that he, only if a, it's a massive club that they do it like he would like because Man City Manchester City came in that first year for MLS and he said it, only if it's a, like a top five or ten club in the world and it would have to be a club that could fill the stadium. Yeah, and I think you're going to struggle to fill a couple of sections. Uh, Crystal Palace, one. I don't think. I, I don't know. Maybe people will get swooped into it or something. Well, like I don't that. know. The ticket prices are horrendous as well. They start at fifty three bucks. Yeah, and then um, I, I, I genuinely think though that Bobby Leonard, I mean, he's getting on a little bit. I think he misheard, <laughs> and he was told that the Eagles wanted to play at BC Place, and he thought. Oh, this is great! I'm going to be able to get my my copy of Hotel California signed. signed yeah, I, I thought this was, he was excited by this concert, and then it's all unravelled, and he he just dug a hole and he couldn't get out of it. To, to me, this sounds a lot of. I think there's a lot of politics involved. Um, whether this is the case, but like you got politicians, you got people from sister cities and stuff like that. I don't think they sought out this friendly. I think this was something that was brought to them, and I think. Maybe they were coerced to do it or something. But I think there was some kind of like pushing and kind of shoving into this game. The Whitecaps have been invited to this. That, that's, that's the official word. It's just, and, and there's clauses in the contract that both teams have to play regular first team players. I mean, you, you kind of look at the Crystal Palace lineup and it's like, who cares who these guys are or who plays? Yeah, they can, they can, I don't think they put a second unit out there. Nobody would yeah. know. I'm slightly jealous that Seattle's got West Ham because I'm a lifelong West Ham fan. Well, you'll fan. be heading down there probably. Yeah, I mean, that. since four or five years old, I've been a West Ham fan, so I'm going to actually head down for that. So a game that like that would have excited me on a personal level. I'd still have been against it. I honestly don't know if I'm even going to bother coming to it. I genuinely think I might stay at home. If I'm in the area, I'll probably pop by. It doesn't seem to... I mean, there's some folk that are excited about it. I, I ran a poll. Who? Who? Yeah, he's one of the guys. Oh, is he? Yeah. I think he's putting it on. But there's a couple of folks said that they were excited. I, I did r- run a poll on it. And to show you my lack of excitement, I actually forgot I ran it and I hadn't checked the results today. So let me check that. Ooh, live checking. We're on Twitter. It's better than having a live chicken. This is exciting listening for everyone at home. Hearing, I'm excited. I'm on the edge of my seat. Right, let's see how this. How far away when did you do this? I have no idea. Oh, I did. Actually, I voted on it. That's right. Why, 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 why do you think you didn't do a poll? Okay, just scrolling down now. I'm sure it's going to come to. I, I didn't know I tweeted so much. So apologies to everyone for for all my tweets. Such a self promoter. All your articles are on here. Someone has to prove oh, it. Oh, here we go. Here's the, here's the thing. Okay, so there was 216 votes. I'm quite impressed by that. 22% in third place said they were looking forward to it. So there you go. That's 22% were looking forward to it. 29% said that mid-season friendly suck, no matter who it is. And 49% couldn't give a toss. So, so basically... Basically, 78% aren't wanting this. Yeah, yeah, but you basically... You just wanted different things to, for people to give you. Yeah, you know, two of the answers, answers are essentially the same. Yeah. I wanted to have screw Crystal Palace, but I thought, no, I won't put that in. No, I, 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 I think it's, uh, I, like I said, I, th- I don't think they had a, maybe that much of a choice, and I think they. No, just, I just feel it's a waste of time. It's yeah. coming before the All Star game. It's a busy time of the season, a season where the uh, 
part of the season with the Whitecaps struggle at times. I just can't be bothered with it. Well, anyway, on that positive note. <laughs> so the Whitecaps might be off next month in June for MLS action, but it's going to be a busy month. We've got a couple of podcasts coming your way. Maybe bring you a round table first one of the season as well. We'll see what happens. But before we go, Steve, just let everyone know where they can find you online. On Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. And I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN.ca. I'm also the Whitecaps beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com. And I'm also the Western Conference reporter for USLsoccer.com. So check out my stuff on that as well. But as always, thanks for listening. And until next time, take care. And more on the Caps. Go and retain the Voyager's Cup. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Mm.